Hey everybody, this is Bob Z, the pastor of Joy Christian Fellowship. I want to thank you for tuning into our podcast. I hope it's a word that will encourage you today. Let's remember in these challenging times we're living that God is still in control and that his love for us endures forever. Amen. God bless. You made a way where there was no way. And we believe we'll see him do it again. Amen. Man. His promise still stands. Great is his faithfulness. Even when we're not faithful, he remains faithful. It's who he is. It's amazing. And I just think about Mikey's mom falling and her cell phone dying just after she called <laughs> Mikey and his sister. And she said, we went to visit her at the hospital, and she said, you know, we spent seven days in this two-story house in Texas, and I went up and down the steps several times each day, all seven days, never stumbled, never fell, nev nothing. I come home, the day after I'm home, I stumble and fall. Thank God it didn't happen in Texas. Thank God it didn't happen at a rest area, right? Hip broke in three places, and they determined she didn't need surgery. It was such clean breaks, I thought it would heal without cutting into there, which is good. And here's another God thing. She had no bruises. Broken bones, but no bruises. It's unusual. So he makes a way where we don't always see a way. And his way may be a whole lot different than the way we prayed. But if I've learned one thing... All his ways are good whether I understand him or not, right? His ways are much better than ours. So that's just uh, thanking the Lord for how good he's been, how faithful he is. All right. The title of this morning's message is The Truth Will Set Us Free. And we've got a verse in Galatians 5 and a passage in John's Gospel, chapter 8. So, Father, as we... Open your word. Make it come alive to us in a fresh new way today. Let it be applicable today. This is supposed to be life application stuff. Otherwise, just a bunch of old stories. So show us how to use this word in our lives once we leave here. Now, last week, it was like Fourth of July weekend. The theme was freedom. The title was Freedom in Christ. And, and we established last Sunday that it is God's will for us to enjoy our freedom. And the Apostle Paul wrote, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And just like some people abuse the, the freedom we enjoy as Americans, some people abuse the freedom we enjoy as Christians, right? I've heard people say, well, I have liberty in the Lord. And I see how they're living their lives. Well, I got liberty in the Lord. And I thought, amen. I agree. Thank God we got liberty in the Lord. I'm all for us enjoying the freedom we have in Jesus in fact, our T-shirts and our sign says we're a place of hope, love, and freedom, right? <laughs> so we better be a, about freedom. But having freedom in the Lord, listen, it's not permission slip to hold on to unholy habits and live an unholy lifestyle. God says, be holy, for I am holy. Hard to misinterpret that one, right? So let's not abuse the freedom we have in Christ. And with having freedom in Christ, the Apostle Paul, he gives us a warning and some clear instruction of how we should and how we shouldn't live out our freedom. 
We looked at this verse last, last week, but it, it's worth repeating, so it ties in with this message. So look at Galatians 5, verse 13. The apostle Paul wrote, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to what? To serve. To serve one another in love. And like I said last week, love, love is the key. Love is the motivation for us to use our freedom to serve each other. Because we're, we're selfish people by nature. We like to do things our way, when we want it, how we want it. But this, this, this love, this, it's designed to be a mutual thing. So there's no abuse, no controlling, no manipulation, no taking unfair advantage of others. So it's all about the love, but it's about God's love, not Hollywood's definition of love. See, God's love is an enabler. A lot of times you hear the word enabler, it's a negative thing. But God's love enables me to serve you sacrificially, not just when it's convenient for Bob. Likewise, it's his love that enables you to serve me super uh, sacrificially, whether you feel like it or not. See, God's love is the key to all that. And remember, Jesus came as a humble servant, right? So he's our model to follow, a self-sacrificing servant, the greatest self-sacrificing servant for you, for me, for the world. Now keep in mind, Christian freedom is, is linked to Christian responsibility. I used the example last week of a man in prison who's suddenly released, and now all of a sudden he's a free man. And now he has a responsibility to live as a free man and not go back to his old ways that got him put in prison in the first place. And now that freedom has been given to us by Christ, it's our responsibility to live as free men and women without abusing that freedom. That's why Paul tells us, stand firm. Stand firm in our freedom in Christ and not be burdened again with that heavy yoke of slavery. Don't go back to what weighed you down before Christ set you free. He came and he took that heavy yoke off of our shoulders and he carried it to the cross for us. We've got to remember that this is the will of God for us, part of the will of God for us, our freedom that we have in Christ. For our freedom, Jesus suffered and died on a bloody cross. For our freedom, Jesus rose from the dead. And for our freedom, God sent Holy Spirit to us. So let's not take the freedom we have in Christ for granted. And again, let's not abuse it because we have liberty in the Lord. So another passage of scripture on freedom I wanted us to look at this morning in John's gospel, but I'll give you a little background first. At this point in Jesus' earthly ministry, people already had many different reactions towards Jesus, kind of like today. Some things never change. There's always going to be many different reactions toward Jesus. And in John's gospel, some who heard his teaching and marveled at the miracles referred to him as a wonderful man. Well, he's a wonderful man. Some people thought Jesus was a fraud. Some people thought he was demon-possessed. Some people thought he was a prophet. And some thought he actually was the Messiah prophesied about. Do you remember when Jesus asked Peter, well, what about you, Peter? Who do you say I am? That's in Matthew 16. See, every one of us has to answer that question when Jesus said, who do you say I am? Everyone has to make up 
their minds about who we really believe Jesus to be. I mean, it's easy to, to call him Lord. We can sing it. We can read it. We can call him Lord. But is he really the Lord over our lives? Remember, he's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. He can't just be a Sunday morning Lord. He's got to be a Friday night Lord too, right? He's got to be a 24-7 Lord if he's truly Lord. And whatever we decide in our hearts about Jesus has eternal consequences. So as David Carradine used to say, choose wisely, grasshoppers. Anybody remember the old kung fu show, David Carradine? Choose wisely, grasshoppers. Anyway, here in John's Gospel, some believe Jesus and some don't. Some don't know what to believe, just like today. The devil is still keeping people deceived in the darkness. So let's look at what Jesus is telling us this morning. Lord, open your word. Make your word come alive now. It's fresh for this morning. You've got something you want to tell us this morning. We may have read this a year ago, five years ago, ten years ago, but for this morning, Lord, you have something fresh. Make it come alive in our lives this morning, I pray. Amen. John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. says, Jesus said to the people who believed in him. See, now these, these aren't the scoffers or the skeptics. These are the ones who believed in him. And he said to them, you are truly my disciples if, if you keep obeying my teachings. See, obedience to Christ is an ongoing lifestyle. Not just we're in a bind and in a jam and, and, and we want to listen to him then. It's not just an occasional choice we make. Real disciples keep obeying. He says, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Notice he doesn't say the truth has set you free. He says the truth will set you free. Well, that didn't set too well with some of these believers, so they respond to Jesus in verse 33. They said, but we are, we're descendants of Abraham, they said. We've never been slaves to anyone. What, what do you mean you will be set free? Let's hold it right there. Now, many of the Jews who had been listening to Jesus' teaching put their faith in him as the Messiah. They believed he was who he said he was. And now he's encouraging these new aspiring disciples to continue on their new path by keep obeying my teachings. You know, don't slack off. Don't fall off. Keep obeying my teachings. Don't stop. You're truly my disciples if... You keep obeying my teachings. And that goes for every one of us here as well. He says, and if they will keep obeying his teachings, it will give them a knowledge and an understanding of the truth, the truth of his message that will set them free, free from the spirit of religion, free from that old yoke of slavery to the law, and remaining in the truth. That's a mark of a true disciple. You know, a lot of people want to be a true disciple. At least they say they do. And they start out believing and obeying Jesus' teachings. But when that path gets a little difficult and it gets challenging and our prayers aren't being answered the way we hope they'll be praying, answered, and the journey of faith, it becomes hard and it requires stuff like denying ourselves and taking up our cross daily, sometimes hourly, sometimes moment by moment, it makes us begin to question, well, how much of this teaching do I really believe? How much of Jesus do I really want in my life? 
How much of this stuff am I really willing to obey? You know what? We will generally obey only the commands we really believe in. And Jesus tells us, keep obeying my teachings. So for a lot of us, the journey becomes more than we bargained for, more than we signed up for, more than we're willing to commit to, and we choose to get off the path at the next exit and follow him no more. That's what it said. A lot of them, when it got too tough, it said they followed him no more. And when we do that, we let the devil win. The true disciples persevere all the way to the finish line. Right? So be encouraged. Don't give up. But sadly, these new disciples here in chapter 8 show they might be getting ready to get off the next exit too. Jesus' claim to set them free, it comes across with a negative implication that they were in some kind of bondage or slavery before they responded to Jesus' teaching. And that upset them. And that's what they said. in It's like, oh, wait a minute, Jesus, wait a minute. We, we're descendants of Abraham. You can almost sense the pride in their response. But we are descendants of Abraham. And they said, we have never, never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you'll be set free? We're already free, Jesus. So they thought. See, they really wanted Jesus' gift of life, but they wanted it as an add-on to the life they already had, like a bonus to, to what they thought was a very moral and spiritual status they already possessed by virtue of their Jewish heritage, right? Their inheritance as descendants of Abraham. But we can never have Jesus as an add-on or Jesus in addition to or Jesus as part savior to all the complement, all the personal achievements of us, our own. He is the savior, one and only, right? We have nowhere else to turn. We have no one else to turn to. It's Jesus. That's it. So these proud Jews, they tell Jesus, we're descendants of Abraham. We've never been slaves to anyone. What are you talking about, Jesus? What do you mean, set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. That's funny. He said, I tell you the truth. He never lied, did he? <laughs> but when he says that, he says, verily, verily, I say to you, or truly, truly, I say to you, I tell you the truth. I mean, pay attention. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son, a son is part of the family forever. See, he's talking about sonship, being adopted into this royal family of God as a son or a daughter. So a slave's not a permanent member, but a son, ah, or a daughter, son or daughter, part of the family forever. So if the Son sets you free, you will indeed be free. Wow. Then Jesus tells him in verse 37 and 38, look at that. Yeah, I realize. I realize you're descendants of Abraham, and yet some of you are trying to kill me. <laughs> some of you are trying to kill me because there's no room in your hearts for my message. Ooh. Jesus' message doesn't find a place where it matters most in our heart. See, we can have a whole head full of knowledge and facts about Jesus. We can know all about the freedom we have in Christ in our heads. 
We can have his word memorized. We might even know the Greek and the Hebrew meanings of the words, but knowing all that in our heads won't change our lives a bit unless, unless we let it sink down about 16, 17 inches into our heart. You see, there's no real freedom unless our hearts are set free, right? And Jesus' audience here consists of religious folks. These Jews are professing a real desire to follow him, but they're adamant about their spiritual credentials as descendants of Abraham. It's as if they think that's enough to get them in. And Jesus tells them, yeah, I know, I know you're descendants of Abraham, but some of you, and I already know which ones you are, some of you want to kill me because my message, my, my message of life, my words of real freedom just can't seem to find any room in your hearts. He tells them, I'm telling you what I saw when I was with my father. But you are following the advice of your father. Now, that really ticks them off. Look at verse 39. Our father is Abraham. Right? Our father is Abraham. They declared, no, Jesus replied, for if you were really the children of Abraham, you'd follow his example. Instead, you guys are trying to kill me because I told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham never did such a thing. No, you are imitating your real father. Oh, man, this really ticks them off even more. They replied, we aren't illegitimate children. God himself is our true father. Whether they're, saying, they're saying, the only father we have is God himself. Jesus pretty much tells them, wrong again. It's not on the screen, but then Jesus tells them, if God was your father, you would love me because I have come to you from God. And then Jesus really wins them over by telling them their real father is the devil. Apparently, Jesus never read any of the church growth books of increasing attendance in five easy steps. Otherwise, he would have known. You don't attract new followers by telling them their real father's the devil. It doesn't work. <laughs> That's a deal breaker for sure. But when you think of the devil, three of Satan's greatest attributes are stealing, killing, and destroying, right? Let's throw in a fourth one, lying. So he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he's the father of lies. His native language is lying. How would you like to have this on, on your resume? Let's see here. Good at stealing, really good at killing, has a real passion to destroy things, speaks English well, a little bit of Spanish, but very fluent in lying. Yeah, let's hire this guy, or elect him. I mean, those, those are the devil's credentials. So here's a group of Jews who had believed in Jesus, but now they won't believe the truth. So they're believing lies, and, and they want to kill him. Lies and killing. Sounds like the devil's kids to me. And these verses in the 8th chapter of John's Gospel should make us sit up and take notice and examine our own hearts and our own motives. What is our understanding of what it means to be truly set free? To do whatever we want? Is that all it's about? What's the responsibility that comes with that freedom that Jesus gives us? See, these verses are really an indictment of human nature. There was an old theologian, I can't remember his name, but I wrote this down a couple years back, once said, no amount of contrary evidence 
seems to disturb humanity's good opinion of itself. <laughs> no amount of contrary evidence seems to disturb humanity's good opinion of itself. But the evidence is there, right? And it's there with each generation. Greed, corruption, violence, injustice, murder, rape, abortion, pride, lying, stealing. I mean, the list goes on and on and on, day after day after day. And yet Christ died on that cross, and he rose from that tomb, and he sent his spirit to set all of humanity free from all of our own prisons. Isn't he amazing? Man, he's a whole lot better than we've been told. And even though Jesus knew everything about this group of Jews, arguing with him in chapter 8, he still offers them freedom. And it comes from him personally. He says, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And we have to realize it's a gift. It is a free gift. There's no way any of us can earn it. There's no way any of us deserve it, but this freedom Jesus offers every one of us is a gift, and he's already paid for it in full. It's not something we've obtained by our heritage, who our ancestors are. It has nothing to do with our background. It has everything to do with Jesus and his redeeming sacrifice on a bloody cross for every one of us. And it's not a temporary gift that'll break or wear out. It's an eternal gift, eternal gift. And it's not expressed in our independence from him. It's expressed in our obedience to him. Every recipient becomes a loving, obedient child in God's family for all eternity. Think about that. If you haven't received his free gift of salvation and freedom yet, please Please, let's talk about that before you leave. You don't want to play around with your eternity. Jesus says, you are truly my disciples if. It's a big if. If what? If you keep obeying my teachings. Jesus says, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jesus is the truth. And Jesus is the one. He's the only one who can set us free. Amen? So let's pray. Let's, let's pray for anyone needing to be set free. Let the Son set you free this morning. Or anyone who wants to pray for a loved one that needs to be set free. Because Jesus makes it very personal. He's a very personal God. He says, if the Son sets you free, in other words, if I set you free, you'll be free indeed. Let's take him up on his offer. We'd be fools not to, right? All right. That's all I got. Let's pray. Please stand with me if you're able. Say a dismissal prayer. If you want prayer from me, I'm up here. Pray where you are. If you got to go, have a blessed afternoon. Be thankful for air conditioning. Come back next Sunday. Lord, we, we look in your word and we hear these words about freedom. And as we look around at the world today and and what people are celebrating as liberty and freedom, uh, we know a lot of it goes against your principles. Even in the church, we use the excuse that we have liberty in the Lord to, to, have, to, to have a behavior that doesn't line up with your scriptures. So I pray any of us, starting with me, Lord, 
as we examine ourselves, start with me and show us where, where are we still bound up? Where are we still struggling to be free from things that you've already set us free from? Help us stop believing the devil's lie. Help us realize that all his ways are just counterfeit. He can't create anything. He just he perverts what you've created. Let us not buy into the, the world's ways or, or what's popular with our culture. But like that song says, it's the sound of freedom. The liberty bells are ringing. And as your ecclesia, as, as the, the ruling, governing body here on earth, Lord, let us stand in, in opposition to these things that may be popular in the culture, but they're totally opposite of, of your principles. Help us, Lord. Stand firm, as Paul tells. Stand firm. You've given us the freedom that we have in Christ. Let us not abuse it. Let us not take it for granted. Set us free from anything that we're still struggling to get free from. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.